Welcome to Lowering the Rim. Welcome back to another episode of Lowering the Rim, casual fans talking casual hoops. Uh, As always, I'm Drew, we've got Ian with us, and today we have a very special guest for you guys. Ian, if you want to go ahead and uh, hand us over on that. Oh yeah, we've got a uh, Lowering the Rim special for everyone today. Uh, This is my man, Matt Carlson, who... We'll call him a casual, but he actually had a pretty illustrious career as a high school basketball player, won a few college intramural championships as well. So, I mean, when you're at that level, you're kind of you're kind of on the borderline of a casual fan because you kind of know what you're doing a little bit. You're not just lowering the rim and doing dunk contests in the backyard as a seventh grader. But Matt Carlson is coming with some fire takes tonight, and we are uh, excited to lower the rim for you. Uh, go all around the NBA. And uh, yeah, Matt, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. This is actually my second time on the podcast. So uh, I consider myself a veteran um, and and <laughs> somewhat of a of a basketball savant is maybe the term I would have used there, Ian. But um, thanks a lot for having me. I'm excited to talk a little little NBA. There's a lot going on mid-season, or I guess we're towards the end of the season now. But um, the playoffs will be starting soon, so I'm pumped to see it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they usually say uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. In your <laughs> case, it's kind of a short-time listener, second-time caller situation. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so exactly. We're, we're grateful for, for that. Uh, but, you know, that's what we come to expect with these casual fans that we're talking to. We're just trying to lower the rim, give them some normie takes. So where do you want to start, Matt? I mean, do you want to give us some of your big picture reflections? Do you want to dive into some of the latest controversies, particularly Westbrook? I mean, we love to hate on the Lakers here. Um, Where where do you want to start? I think big picture is a good place to start. Um, We can we can kind of talk. There's a lot of of thing of ways we could go, I guess. But uh, how about Kyrie's 50 piece last night? Oh, my goodness see that so and he's playing like every other day so um that's that's been interesting to watch just kind of how he's navigating through the season not being able to play home games yeah do you think that that's a competitive advantage it might be because he's essentially getting a day off every other game um so he's pretty fresh i would think each day but um he's he is killing it when he does play yeah, he's awesome. So just real quick, just to give context for everyone, we're taping this on March 9th, so Wednesday night around 8.30 Eastern. And the game that Matt's referencing was uh, last night when Kyrie dropped 50 points on Charlotte. And fun fact for you, uh, Matt, because you know we love MJ here, uh, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving – is the only other player who has scored 50 points on 75% field goal shooting is MJ. So Kyrie, that, I mean, that was an elite performance. Like he just did something that only MJ has done and he did it against MJ's team, which <laughs> of course 
of course <laughs> means if we could if we could conjure up a visual via a pod, we would conjure up a Jordan crying meme right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it was that was a pretty remarkable performance. What do you think of the Nets though? I mean, are they in better shape now, shipping out Harden and getting Simmons? I mean, what's what, what do you think there? And they got they got Seth Curry. I mean. Kevin Durant wins championships with the Curry. That's the only way he's won championships. So is this a good <laughs> sign for the Nets or what? I'm lukewarm on the Nets. What are they in eighth spot right now in the playoff seating? Um, yeah, so they're bare, they they're are. barely, barely getting in. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not high on the Nets. I've watched them a couple times this season, and even when KD has played, they just haven't looked great. So. Okay, so let me give you a fun fact that I just heard about Ben Simmons. I don't know if you saw this. This was like just today or yesterday. J.J. Redick, who used to play for the Sixers, was talking about Ben Simmons, and the guy interviewing was like, hey, you know, what's the deal? Does he maybe shoot with the wrong hand? And he's like, J.J. Redick's like, yeah, he definitely shoots with the wrong hand. In fact, I've told him he shoots with the wrong hand. And he's like, he writes with his right hand. He jumps off of his left foot like right-handers do. If you ask him to throw the ball deep, he throws it with his right hand. I was I was stunned by that. I was like, are you serious? This guy's literally right-handed in everything he does except his free throw shot. Yeah, that that explains a lot. <laughs> that he's, doesn't give me a lot of confidence for the Nets. No, and he hasn't played yet with them has he so no um, no and and matt and i drew sorry you're you're not invited because of your location but matt and i have a little watch party a little basketball watch party that we lined up a few weeks ago to watch net 76ers tomorrow night but lo and behold simmons will not be there and it's in philly dude i wanted to hear the booing of simmons so bad in philly but i doubt he'll even be in the building no, I wouldn't go if I was him. So no. here's something here. This is a little bit off topic from NBA basketball, but it was a, a question that I presented to my dad when we were watching the, the last uh, home game for coach K. Uh, Duke oh yeah. North Carolina where North yeah, Carolina which turned out to be kind of a disaster. Spoiled. Didn't it? Yeah. North Carolina spoiled it, but I was, I, they were talking about all the former Duke players that were present at the game for coach K's last home game. And I asked my dad, who he thought was the best Duke player to ever come out of that basketball program. And that kind of sparked an interesting debate. And my, the reason I bring that up is because you were talking about JJ Redick. And if you consider the longevity of their career, how many, you know, points they scored, how good they were the entire time they were playing, he's up there. I mean, he is Duke's all time leading scorer, JJ Redick. Yeah. Drew, who would you good ones. Drew, who would you have as Duke's best player ever? I'm, I I when you said that, my first thought was Shane Battier, just because okay. he was part of some of those Miami championships and he also had longevity. He wasn't so much a scorer like Reddick, though. He was more of just like a versatile, like an Andre Iguodala type guy. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think. I did yeah, I mean, there's who did, there's who did you guys? Yeah, who did you guys land on? Who did you and your dad land on? I mean, I landed on 
uh, uh, JJ Reddick after I saw that he was Duke's all-time leading scorer as well. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but there, you know, there's Jay Williams. He didn't have a great NBA career. Yeah. Um, but he was a stud at Duke. Um, you know, there's um now were you saying best player like while they were at Duke or best best basketball career? Like who, yeah, who ended sorry, up that's being what I- that's what I thought you meant is like their overall career that yeah. was out of, from Duke, but <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's kind of where I was going with it was co- more career based than just at Duke. Gotta be Christian Leitner, right? No, I mean, it, it could, I mean, he was on the dream team, but it was, yeah, exactly for no. his... <laughs> he was another, like, he was like just a, Wait. The co- a college savant, but not so much in the NBA. <laughs> Wait, to, to bring it back to, to MJ here, Leitner was on that dream team. And isn't that where that famous, like Isaiah Thomas little video of, I met the criteria, but I was not selected. <laughs> oh. oh, from the last dance? From the, the last dance, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining Isaiah Thomas, who literally just, you know, led the bad boy Pistons a couple years prior to a repeat or a back-to-back and then watching Christian Leitner get on the dream team. He had to be so mad. Yeah. Yeah. He did not fit in with the rest of that crowd. That's for sure. No, no. So yeah, okay. we'll bring it back to the NBA. So your so your pick is Reddick is the best Duke player of all time. Yeah. Okay. I yep. think there's a good case for that. I mean, I think most people think that Grant Hill would have been. Yeah. I mean, the way he started his career, it was like, wow, he's going to be amazing. But I felt like he was an example of what happened to all the Duke players. I felt like they were all kind of like, <laughs> man, big Ouch, hype. And then yeah. they get to the NBA and they're just not, they're not that guy. Uh, another great internet meme. You're not that guy, pal. <laughs> That really is yeah. a theme with Duke players. Like for some reason, it doesn't necessarily translate. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Reddick, yeah, I mean, Reddick, I, I mean hey, but... Zion is Zion translated? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the, uh, the saga continues. Here we go. Zion Williamson <laughs> is just another Grant Hill. I mean, there's rumors that he's 350 pounds now. I have no idea. He still probably has a 40 inch vert at 350 pounds. No one told him that you're supposed to become Charles Barkley after your career, not <laughs> during your career. <laughs> Dude, if I so, see him on TNT, it's over. <laughs> so according to ranker.com, here are the top Duke players. And I'm not sure if their criteria is just at Duke, like we were saying, or their career afterwards, but they have number one, Christian Leitner, number two, Shane Battier, number three, Grant Hill, number four, Zion Williamson. So obviously it must be at, at, at Duke and not their career. Cause then okay. number five is JJ Redick and then six Jay Williams. And then seven is Bobby Hurley who didn't even really have an mm. NBA career. Yeah. So number eight is Johnny Dawkins. Nine is Jason Tatum. I, I forgot about him. Oh, he may end up being the best. He yeah, put a 50, right. he had a 50 point performance against the Nets on Sunday. Yeah, dude, the Celtics have been blowing people out all year. Yeah. Ian, yeah. Ian you know who else ordered uh, 50 McNuggets? Your boy, LeBron. <laughs> yeah, he, he <laughs> against, torched. Against your, 
against your dubs. <laughs> he towards the Warriors. That was that was very uh but I mean you knew you knew LeBron was gonna get up for that game. I mean, come on. Yeah, he's he's he, just he chasing hates, the scoring record. Yeah, yeah, he, and that was a, a primetime game too. He knows he's on television, so yeah, he does not like losing to Curry on national TV. Though. So let me ask you guys a question. Right now, who is your guys' MVP for this year? Mm. I would say, based on the metrics, at least the metrics that I've seen, um, Nikola Jokic has like a like again is a runaway runaway favorite, but I don't know that he will get it because of the ranking. I mean, they're ranked. they're in the sixth seed in the West. But what's mm-hmm. interesting about that, so like a lot of people argue for Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. but and and Philadelphia is in the second seed. But the the Sixers only have one more one more win than the Nuggets. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So sometimes mm-hmm. it's like the ranking is used, but only for the conference. And I'm kind of like, well, how does that make sense if you're ranking the teams out of the whole league? the Sixers are like sixth or, or no, they'd be like seventh in the league, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but I think Joel Embiid has a case. uh, Jokic has a case. Giannis has a case. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, Who's yours, Drew? I would probably say Giannis again, just because I know that Jokic's numbers are kind of out of this world, but I just don't like the idea that um, they're the sixth seed. I just think in a game where ultimately the point is to win, you have to be winning. And so it's just like when Westbrook had a a triple-double. I mean, you really can't get better than those numbers, right? A triple-double, but the team didn't win. So I don't understand. I I guess I think they need to weigh – weighed it heavier towards winning versus just uh, statistics. Okay. Well, let, let me throw this wrinkle in though. Giannis still has Middleton and drew holiday. Jokic lost Jamal Murray and Michael Porter jr. And he's carrying like him and uh, what's his name? Composo <laughs> to the sixth him seed in the West. <laughs> Uh, so you well hey hold on they got boogie they got aaron gordon they got will barton (laughs) actually they just got boogie so that doesn't count but yeah um but but if you got rid of Giannis off the bucks would they be this kind of team though i mean i don't think middleton and drew holiday are really moving the needle that much it's it is Giannis that's that's you know making the wheels turn there yeah, definitely. Definitely. You couldn't take him off. But I mean, that's you could say that about a lot of teams. You know, you take yeah. Curry off the Warriors. I mean, he could win it every year. I mean, as but, much as yeah. it pains me to say LeBron, there's been a lot of teams where if you take him off, they've got no chance. Yeah. So yeah. you guys give no votes to John Morant. Oh, yeah. I, I number two in the West. Yeah. Right now, I, as we I, record this. I do think, yeah, I, I'm totally overlooking John ja Morant, and I shouldn't because he's been like basically the human highlight reel this whole year. 
Yeah, I think Ja Morant. Well, what's crazy about it is Ja Morant was actually in the in the running for most improved player. Hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like it's pretty wild. Um, yeah, I think Ja Morant totally could win it, especially mm-hmm. if they finish strong in the two seed. And depending on where his numbers end up stacking up at the end of the year, I yeah, because it's a feel good story too. I mean, that's the kind of guy that the NBA media would want to give it to is John ja Morant versus like Giannis again or Yoke. I don't think anyone wants to give it to Giannis or Jokic, maybe mm-hmm. Embiid, but yeah, I think John ja Morant actually has a has a really good shot. I would agree with you there. And that yeah. makes more sense too because of the again, I go back to the winning like. Maybe his numbers aren't as good as Jokic, but he's the three almost. They're actually the two, I think, now the two seed. Like that Mm -hmm. to me, that makes more sense versus giving it to. I mean, not that Jokic metrics aren't amazing, but it's a six seed. So, what do you, real quick, what do you think? Because there's always debate about the MVP. What, how do you determine who is the MVP? You know, what is, what does the MVP mean? You know, like people will say, oh, well, LeBron should be the MVP every year because he gives the team the greatest chance to win. So he should always be the MVP. But what what's your how do you view like who how you select the MVP? I would say it is just the player who isn't only everyone always wants to focus on scoring and just like, oh, well, whoever scores the most. But I think if you talk about the value of a player, you have to look at every aspect of the game, you know, defense, rebounding, assists. Um, So I think it's the most all around valuable player, not just the scoring leader, you know, for any particular year. And then where's your cutoff for like, how much do they actually have to win? Like Drew mentioned Westbrook. I think they were what the sixth seed that year. And a lot of people were upset about that because it's like, oh, how are you mm-hmm. going to give it to a team that's in the sixth seed? But where's your – do you feel like it has to be the top three in e- either conference or does that matter as much? I, I personally don't feel like it does just because you have no control over how good your teammates are. Yeah. You know, so I, I think it's even more evident in football because, you know, you just – you look at like a lot of times quarterbacks win it but yeah. like, I don't know, it's, it, there's so much more going on than just the quarterback position. And I think right. in basketball, it's, it's not always necessarily just the best player on the best team winning MVP. I think, I just think it's a, it, it probably does go back to the player where if you remove them from that team, they would be terrible. The team would be terrible, but you know, then you say, okay, well, then it's got to be a team with a good record um, because you wouldn't put an MVP on a bad team because they're already bad then. So how can that player be an MVP? But I don't know. It's a tough question. What do you guys yeah. think? True. I think it should at, at worst be a top four seed. I Anything higher than that, I just think it's not equating to – winning which is what you know the point of the game is to win it's not necessarily just to get stats um so that would be my first thing but then i mean from it's interesting because you say like 
you say all around and um i think of somebody like like steph curry is not even considered this year but his team is a two seed the guy's getting triple and quadruple team now well yeah i guess the grizzlies passed him um but the sort of the effect he has on the whole um the whole game with the triple teams. I mean, no one sees coverage like him. He's getting double teamed in an all-star game. Um, So that, that sort of stuff kind of, I think gets overlooked a lot as well. Not that I don't necessarily think Steph deserves MVP this year, but it's things like that where um, even somebody like Draymond, where they affect the game kind of to your point about, it's not just the guy that scores the most, the, there's players that affect the game in so many other facets mm-hmm. than scoring. Oh, man. Um, but Ru- it, Rudy Gobert is listening to this and just soaking <laughs> up everything you're saying. Uh, that guy can't play in the fourth quarter. I don't think he's, he's on. The... <laughs> yeah. Well, that, it does bring up an interesting point uh, going off what you said, Drew with Chris Paul then, yeah. because mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're the number one seed right now. And you see, you know, he's been out and you see how much he affects the Suns game. Um, I think he's in the running as well, as much as it pains me to say it, cause I'm not a Chris Paul fan, but <laughs> yeah, he, I I'm with you there. Yeah. But so I, yeah, somebody like that to me is a bit more deserving because um, okay. Maybe they're only scoring 18, 19 a night, but they are running the entire offense and setting everyone else up. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, there's a lot more um, aspects to what they're doing on the court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think that, that it is hard to quantify like the leadership aspect and that's what Chris Paul obviously exemplifies is he's, a great leader and helping hold everyone accountable to, Hey, this is the game plan. Everyone play their role well. And that sort of thing. Um, you know, he's, he's just like a, a safety blanket. Maybe some he's sort of a him. good neighbor. Yeah. He, like a good neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Chris Paul is there. Yes. Let's, point God, let's ask point God for the victory. <laughs> Speaking of, of being a good neighbor, would you guys want Russell Westbrook as a neighbor? You know, they're calling him West Brick, so his house would obviously uh, be made from that. <laughs> but what, what, what do you guys think about all of the Russell Westbrook drama that's ensued this season with him? He's averaging 18.1 points a game, uh, which I think is probably his career low. I'm just, you know, when you said his house would be made of bricks, I just a couple of things came to mind, like <laughs> some, some lessons that we learned in kindergarten. You know, first of all, if he was in the story of the three little pigs, Russell Westbrook would actually be sitting pretty. He's fine. <laughs> the moral of that story is, you know, don't build your house with sticks and stones or whatever else. But that brings up another interesting point, which was an early lesson we learned was Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. But apparently not with Russell Westbrook. He's pretty sensitive. Mm-hmm. Disrespected that man's name by calling him Westbrook. So yeah, he's he said his family can't even come to home games anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, that, that was that was pretty it's a wild. sad story. Drew, do you know about all this? Drew is like pretty casual, so he may not know all of this stuff. Do you, did you hear about all this, Drew? This press conference and what happened at this game and stuff. Yeah, that's I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but some fan just said what called him Westbrook or Westbrick 
at a at a home game. Is that right? I think it was at a Spurs that, game. Oh, at a Spurs game. And he started arguing with the fans. And then afterwards in the press conference, he was talking about it. But he was talking about it wasn't just at that game. It's even at home games. He's getting so much, uh, you know, fans booing them and calling him names. And, you know, it's uncomfortable even for his family to be there. And his wife recently was like going at uh, Skip Bayless because Skip Bayless calls him Westbrook all the time. No. <laughs> so his wife was like tweeting. I mean, she went on this like tweet rant of, about Skip Bayless and all these people and and she was claiming that her family's receiving death threats and all that, which I, you know, if people are doing that, that's just, that's dumb. I mean, that's, you can't, that's crossing the line. I think everyone can agree that you don't want to threaten a man's family or, or even threaten him. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. Westbrook is hilarious. That is a great <laughs> name. And, and guess what, Russell, if you want to, silence the critics like you do in your commercials where you're the tough guy hit a bank shot that actually goes in instead of bouncing like over the top of the backboard that's why they're calling you west brick this is in your control to fix that's my take i gotta say i would be embarrassed if my wife had to come out and defend me for getting name called doesn't that sound like you're just like a five-year-old and your mom's coming out to take care of the the neighborhood bullies that's that's a bit much for a guy that's making what 40 million a year you can you can uh and i'm sure he called i mean what blows my mind about these kind of stories because this isn't the first one these guys call each other the worst stuff on the court like the worst stuff and then they act like they can't handle someone calling them westbrick that is it, yep. the uh i don't what's the word for that the hypocrisy of that is just ridiculous yeah what do you what do you think matt what's your what's your take on all this westbrook and the bigger picture of like the lakers struggling and obviously you know westbrook being a big part of that but yeah i at the beginning of the season you know when the lakers were signing all of those old players i i was a little bit intrigued by that i i wondered if they would rally together and you know find the fountain mm-hmm. of youth and be able to to you know strategically kind of sit to rest and make a little run and then make it into the playoffs and it it would have been a, a decent story for a lot of those older players you know dwight howard and some of those guys but it, it was bound to fail from the start. I think I just, those yeah. guys don't have anything left in the tank and LeBron's trying to carry them. But at this point, he's probably just worried about the scoring title because he's not playing for anything else. He just wants yeah. to play with his son at some point. So I don't mind it. I've never been a big fan of the Lakers, but the, the Westbrook stuff is just, you reap what you sow. And it, yeah. it's like, the, you know, that what, what he's been, the way that he's acted his whole career, it's hilarious that he is upset now that people are giving him crap when just like Drew said, he's been taunting guys on the court after he dunks on them for <laughs> his whole career. Yeah. So, yeah. so I don't, or, feel or rocking the back. baby. <laughs> he like he rocks the baby after he backs somebody down and it's like yeah oh, he's yeah. also he, he also has a history of getting pretty vicious with reporters too so it's just like 
it's it's a two-way street man yeah yeah i can't imagine anybody feels bad for him maybe other than his immediate family no i tell you what if 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 it's hurting him that much he can come do my job and i will gladly be called west brick for 40 (laughs) 40 million dollars that's i'm fine with that yeah yeah exactly well yeah that's the other dynamic too is it's like hey i mean everyone knows that these stadiums are filled with fans and fans are going to like heckle you. And as long as it doesn't cross the line of like, you know, being like racial or, um, you know, like threatening type things. I mean, he was fine when OKC was calling Durant cupcake. Yeah. He didn't care. They were loving that. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. and uh, I just, it, yeah, I, I think drew you're, you're totally right. It's just, He's trying to – I think he's legitimately bothered, which is interesting because he's always put up this tough guy act of not being bothered. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously legitimately bothered, and it's just a weird move to be like, hey, don't do that. Because it's like, guess what? Now you told the fans exactly yeah. what bothers you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. – and, and Russell Westbrook did make the NBA 75th – uh anniversary team yeah as one of the top 75 players so yeah were you guys are you guys surprised by that that he made that team i actually wasn't i i mean because his career has been pretty impressive from just troubles yeah i mean and just from a production standpoint and like what okc did in 2012 nobody saw that coming and i know that wasn't just him i mean it was harden and and kd but at the time, if you remember, people were like, oh, or like uh, Russell is the one is the engine that like really drives that team. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he was dynamite to watch. It was just it was amazing mm-hmm. watching what he could do. He just he's not a great decision maker when it comes like when the game is on the line. And I think that's kind of held true his whole career. But just from like being a force to be reckoned with. I mean, he has a pretty impressive career uh, from that standpoint. So I was more surprised by Damian Lillard, to be honest with you, than, than Westbrook. That, that he got snubbed. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, that Damian Lillard or that he was, was on. on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he was on, on there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm going to name a few snubs from the 75 team. You guys tell me what you think. Uh, okay. Dikembe, Dikembe Mutombo, Dwight Howard, Artis Gilmore, Vince Carter, Yao Ming, Grant Hill, Bernard King, who I only know from the song, uh, Tracy, <laughs> for, you know, basketball. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Tracy McGrady and Clay Thompson. Yeah. Would you guys have included any of those? And if you do, you got to take somebody off. I mean, I'm too much of a casual to know all of the, like, like I, I haven't sat down and thought uh, through and compared careers and that sort of thing. And so like Bernard King, I didn't watch him play. I know of him right. from, you know what I mean? So from that standpoint, it's hard to, you know, say, okay, who should be on, who should be off clay Thompson, not being on there. When you put guys like Dame Lillard, Anthony Davis, uh, Russell Westbrook, <laughs> I mean, that seems like a snub to me. And same with Dwight Howard. I mean, Dwight Howard, I think you could argue 
had as good, if not better, of a career than than Russ did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was he was the three time Defensive Player of the Year, eight time NBA All Star, uh, five time five time rebounding champ. I mean, that's yeah, and he led the Magic to a, a finals. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that team I don't think was as talented as like Russell Westbrook's OKC team. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, like I, it, it'd be hard for me to know who the, the older guys, you know, who they, who should and shouldn't be on there. Uh, but some of those, some of those prisoner of the moment kind of guys that got on there, I, I don't totally understand, you know, McGrady, Vince Carter. I mean, mm-hmm. those guys, mm-hmm. it seems like they would have a stronger case than some of the the more recent guys, like I just named, you know, Dame, Anthony Davis, and mm-hmm. and Russ, but but I don't know. What do you what do you guys think? Um, I didn't hear Bo. Did you say Boban was a snub or <laughs> Boban was definitely <laughs> snubbed? Um, yeah, he was. I think as we see his career play out, he'll be on the top. <laughs> That what I guess they'll do top 100 in 25 years from now. So look for him on that list for sure. Yeah. Well, they did it. They did a top 10 of the seven feet, seven and taller guys. And he's actually on there. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Sean Bradley good. didn't make it, unfortunately. But we got Manute Bowl, Yao Ming. Yao Ming. Uh, Boban. Bowl. <laughs> bowl, bowl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways. Yeah, lit- yeah no. The pool is, is pretty shallow. Yeah. No, but what what do you what do you guys think? Who who should shouldn't be on there? Who shouldn't be or should be versus shouldn't be? I think Dikembe Matumbo should be on there. Yeah. Um, you know, four-time defensive player of the year, eight-time all-star, three-time all NBA, led the league in blocks three times. I mean, you know, he's probably um suffering from that. It was uh, defense and not offense. Yeah, yeah. But I, I would put him on there, and then if I had to take somebody off, I mean, it's it's hard because, like Ian said, I I haven't seen a lot of these guys play. I mean, there are even a few names that I didn't know. Yeah, you know, yeah. I had to ask. My dad knew who they were. <laughs> yeah, you know, so which shows you that they're a little older. Well, let players. me let me but, let, well, let me. I, oh, go I ahead. I would Drew. say I don't think you can take off the original fifty. They have to stay because that's yeah that's already set. It's the new, it's the additional twenty five they added. That's where you either add or subtract. Just I mean because yeah, granted the the original guys were probably like nothing near the talent today, but that you know they the the game that is now was built on their shoulders, you know, so they can't be removed. It's got like Anthony Davis what has he has done nothing i mean he's a 28 and 10 guy but he literally has accomplished nothing with his career like well, did, i don't he, even he won the mickey mouse championship i mean that's not nothing <laughs> yeah well that's all, i don't folks. i don't count the uh, bubble championship <laughs> yeah that that's all folks i mean <laughs> i i guess maybe that's is that why they put him in because of the bubble championship i can't imagine I mean that I just, to me that is not a that's like the lockout season. I don't know. That's not a real championship to me. Right. Is that just me or do you guys kind of feel that way too? The bubble no, championship I, is like yeah. a one off. Did did Carmelo Anthony make it? Yes. 
He did. So that's another one that's interesting to me. Cause I'm kind of <laughs> like, it, again, it goes like, what do you value? Like I go clay Thompson is way more legendary than Carmelo Anthony in my yeah, mind. I mean, three, he's a three-time champion for starts. So yeah. like and Dame part- Lillard has nothing on that. Anthony Davis has nothing on that. Westbrook has nothing on that. Yeah. Like, he's, he's part, he's considered by a lot to be like the second greatest shooter of all time. And, and he's, he's part I of, I mean, his uh, nickname is game six clay. I mean, who else has that moniker? That's insane. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony is known for what killing Lynn sanity by not wanting him <laughs> to play with the Knicks. Um, I also think T Mac should have been on there. That's the one guy Kobe said he could not guard. I mean, yeah, T Mac yeah. was he was yeah. a walking bucket. Yeah, yeah. he was kind of like Hart- KD. Hardaway is not on there either. Really? Penny Hardaway. Yeah, I guess yeah. I could kind of see Penny just because he's sort of he's like a Grant Hill type where the injuries. Just he ne- his career never became what it could have been. Yeah. Whereas T Mac, he really, I mean, he had the the uh, the longevity at least to put him on the list. I think. Yeah, Matt, what do you what do you think of um, like some people have kind of different philosophy of how to view this. So, like some people will say, "Well, what the heck is Bob Cousy doing on there?" I mean, I could beat Bob Cousy. <laughs> Like the bro, if that dude showed up at open gym dribbling like that, you'd be like, who, who is this guy? But, yeah. But then the, the other people say, well, yeah, but you can't cross compare eras because yeah, of course, if you transport KD back in the Bob Cousy era, he would just kill everybody. Right. So how, do you, how do you, how do you kind of like view all of that? I mean, that's what makes this list so intriguing is how how do you compare? Because I don't think any professional sport has changed as much as NBA as the basketball game, you know, just with the big men and like Bob Cousy and all that kind of stuff. So and they didn't have a three point line, for God's yeah. sake. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Um, you're comparing apples <laughs> to oranges at that point. It's like, well, how are you going to compare Clay Thompson to somebody prior to the three-point era right yeah so i i don't know it's it's really difficult because you have to just look at how effective was that player at the time that they played in and you know it's just it's so tough you got guys back in bob Cousy's days that are smoking cigarettes at halftime i mean it's and like like, and and working like at the coal mine as their day job you know they're they're doing their best like zoolander impression yeah i mean ian you're playing against better talent at eagle church Um, yeah Yeah. well at least that's what i'm telling myself anyways (laughs) so yeah it's it's tough i mean dennis rodman is on that list as well and obviously he's one of the greatest rebounders and probably defenders of all time but how would he fare in today's game yeah 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 that'd be an interesting i mean i think one of the comps for him now is like a draymond green like he would have been yeah you know and in some ways i do wonder if dennis rodman would do better because the game's gotten smaller like him trying to guard Shaq. You know, mm-hmm. the only player that's really like that now is Embiid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, everybody goes small, you know. So, it, yeah, it's hard. That's where it's, it's really tough to, to compare eras. 
um, just because the game has evolved so much, you know, from 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. I mean, it's changed even in that each of those decades were very different. Yeah, I agree. Um, who's your white, who's, ch- white, oh, white chocolate? White chocolate needs to be on Jason Williams. Put him <laughs> <Yeah>. on the <laughs> list, <laughs> dude. The, some of those Kings teams were fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anytime Especially I want, anytime the, I want to go ahead, Drew. I was just gonna say, you know, they they had that one season where they got jobbed in the West Finals. But I think that. It was the game seven where the Lakers shot like 25 free throws and the Kings shot four or five or something was, like that. Was that and officiated was, by Donaghy, who was like <laughs> got caught gambling on the games and stuff? I I don't know, but that I mean every that was there was a lot of controversy with that because it seemed like the Kings were the better team that year. I mean, that was a pretty stacked roster they had. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Anytime you guys want to get pumped up, like to work out or something, just go to YouTube. Type in Jason Williams highlights and enjoy the ride. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, he came he, he came on the scene like at the right time too, because it was like and one mixtapes and Jason Williams like came out at the same time. It was like, oh dang, I didn't know I could carry the basketball while I played. This is <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> I mean, that was actually, that was actually our era of lowering the rim. It was like, Mm -hmm. go out back, put it on (laughs) eight feet, maybe eight and a half and practice your and one mixtape moves. Oh yeah. Around the back, (laughs) but off the elbow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing lobs, trying to do that, (laughs) that whatever is past 360 dunk that those guys would do. They're like, exactly. A 720. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was back when my man, Jeff Van Gundy was coaching the Knicks. The Knicks. Yes. I recently listened to an interview with Chris Ballard, who is the general manager for the Indianapolis Colts. And he just, I don't know how he's, he's good friends with Jeff Van Gundy. Okay. And he was talking about a book that's called blood in the garden. And if any listeners out there, or, or you guys are interested in, uh, reading a book that's about the Knicks kind of in the nineties, it's supposed to be a fascinating read. Um, and it's, it's essentially about, you know, the, the 1990s New York Knicks. Um, it's called the flagrant history of the, of the New York. Oh Knicks. yeah. That it just came out, right? It did. Yeah. yeah. And, and Jeff Van Gundy's a big part of that, obviously. Does it uh, talk about usually... him? Does it talk about him and his ankle biting? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's got <laughs> stories on all of those guys. So it's supposed to be a really fascinating book that I'm going to, I'm going to get the audio book version and listen to it. That's awesome. That's yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard great things about that book. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a big Knicks fan, but I am a big Jeff Van Gundy fan. I, yeah. every time I hear him broadcast a game, I laugh out loud at least one or two times from something that he <laughs> says, because it's so against the grain of what you hear normal commentators say or talk about, because he's not really a normal commentator. So yeah. it's just, he's well, probably the, my favorite broadcaster. Well, he and Mark Jackson are kind of, they kind of become a bit controversial because some people really like their style 
And then other people are like, oh my gosh, I have to turn it on mute because it's <laughs> JVG and Mark Jackson with, <laughs> with all due respect. Mama, there goes that man. Yeah. 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 I, I like him, but yeah, um, yeah. I think Mike Breen does a good job of just bringing it back yeah. to the game because those yeah. guys get on such <laughs> side tangents. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, uh, Mike Breen who, is amazing. He's an amazing yeah. announcer. Yeah. Who are your guys' favorite NBA announcers? I mean, do you like Doris oh. Burke? Uh, Doris Burke is a little too high on LeBron for me. Okay. Yeah. She's I'm Brian, uh, Wind- Brian Windhurst. Uh, yeah. She'll she like also, bring him up when she's not commentating on a Lakers game. I'm like, okay, seriously. She also is the equivalent of a Magic Johnson tweet on broadcast. She just says the most like obvious stuff. I'm, I just, do you guys find that to be the case? Uh, she maybe. just says very apparent things and then we'll start a like wax about it afterward and it's just i don't know i would much I mean, rather listen to jvg just saying it's crazy off topic well stuff. jvg is kind of he gets in the like old man screaming at the clouds rants that's kind of his his mo like what what's wrong with our game why why are we reviewing this this is obviously you know all that kind of stuff you, you guys know who I really like is Reggie Miller. I think he's really yeah. good. Yes. Yeah. I'm, like I'm with you there. I do like Reggie. If they could I, just nix the Weber and just have Reggie, that yeah. would, I do like that. <laughs> yeah. Weber is the worst. That actually, terrible. he is. I heard somebody say that listening to him do commentary is like reading a high schooler who wrote their uh, essay at the last minute in 12 font double spaced and just try <laughs> just trying to fill up just trying to fill up the paper but it has no idea what they're saying where it's going just trying to hit that word count <laughs> yep, yep. And i was I like that is exactly what weber is <laughs> that is exactly okay i'll give you two or two sneaky ones that i like um gus johnson who mm-hmm. used to do march madness now he does the nfl I think he should be brought into the NBA. I think he did maybe a couple NBA games, but okay. he's an announcer more than a color commentary guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle Beadle, she's on the Spurs broadcast. I don't know if you ever watched or listened to her on League Pass. It's only on yeah. the it's only on the local broadcast. So it's it's uh-huh. Michelle Beadle and Sean Elliott, and then I don't know who they're like. What do they call the? Is it they call it an announcer? Like, what is the Mike Breen role? Is that what they call it? Yeah. Whatever, whatever that broadcast. Yeah, whatever that is. I can't remember, but they, she's pretty good with Sean Elliott. Really? It's pretty funny. Yeah. I, so I like huh. her. Um, okay. Ian, Ian Eagle is an awesome yeah. uh, announcer. Like, him and Breen are, are really good. Um, yeah. I think Je- Richard Jefferson is interesting until he gets off on being like a clutch. Yeah, you know, plants. Yeah, but, that's a hard pass on Jefferson. He's but exhausting. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think he can be interesting sometimes. I mean, I like those guys who have played, and and that's like Reggie, right? I mean, mm. if you played and you can do that role, it becomes really interesting because you just know stuff that other people don't know. But I feel like we're missing right. some guys. Who else is there? Uh, I mean, there's, there's. Um, go ahead, Drew. 
Well, I was going to say, I didn't Paul Pierce used to do it? He did like he did studio. Yeah. I yeah. He was he in would, studio. Yeah. I think he would be good in game. I, I always liked listening to him talk for, um, I guess he, they did the ESPN halftime show. Um, but yeah, I liked Paul Pierce a lot. He yeah. Kinda, there's Ket, yeah. Paul Pierce is, is he was, he, like Ian said, he was a player. So he really gets like things that other people don't that never played. And so I think he has a lot of interesting insights, even in the studio, like at halftime. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Kevin Harlan. Yeah, yeah, I like Kevin Harlan. Harlan and Greg Anthony. I I really like those two. Dude, Jim Jim Jackson is underrated. I think Jim Jackson Jackson as well. Yeah. He's not, he's not like he's not gonna just wow you, but he's not bad. Like he's 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 really good at the job, I would say. That's Mm -hmm. why I like Greg Anthony as well. He's sort of just even keeled. He's not He's mm-hmm. not going off the deep end, but he's also not annoying you either. You can listen to him for the full game. It's not um, – some of these guys seem to be a bit uh, interruptive to you watching the game. I, I mean, yeah. but, but is, is Slick Leonard really the all-time greatest? I mean, that, yeah, bringing up the Pacers, I was going to say when we were talking about Reggie, how does he not have a statue outside mm. of <laughs> – of it's now called Gainbridge Fieldhouse, but yeah. how can he not have a statue out there? I, he yeah, really doesn't. Yeah, no, that is Weird. a good question. We don't have it. Do we have? We don't have any statues, do we? There are there only Peyton Manning outside Lucas Oil Stadium is the only statue we have in yeah. Indianapolis, and Reggie has a painting of himself on the side of a building downtown, but no statue. I don't know how that's possible. That's Matt, if they did a statue, which I think he's totally deserving of, would it be the choke to Spike Lee? (laughs) Yes. Could we, could we somehow get Spike Lee kind of like off in the corner of the statue? (laughs) I mean, that would be epic. If it's the choke pose of Reggie Miller in front of, Whatever dude. you called it, I remember hey, it's Marketplace Arena, but dude, whatever bring, it's called yeah. bringing it full circle to Westbrook, <laughs> like what was going on with with Miller and that Knicks crowd? That was like peak what you want to see in basketball. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. Those were some of my favorite games. Were those Pacers Knicks playoff series? They were so awesome. And how how Reggie just played into being the villain, and look at the end of the day, those fans have respect for that, and, and nobody has yeah. any respect for being like, "Hey, don't call me names because I missed a shot." You yeah, know, not when you're a grown ass man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and <laughs> making I, I millions like, of dollars. The thing I don't like about the NBA players in today's game is that they like they're all good friends and they want to hang out you know and go on the banana boat together in the off season and it's just like i want you to hate the guy you're playing against not you know want to be friends after the buzzer yeah and it feels like the guys who are actually bringing that back in the nba are actually the foreign players like Mm -hmm. Jokic, what he did to the morris twin this year that dude's not even back yet. I don't even know if you know that. He hasn't played really? wow. since then. Um, wow. Giannis is like, he's Giannis is not trying to make friends. 
And Embiid, yeah. Embiid is a master troll. Like he, yeah, he totally leans into, oh, I'm getting mm-hmm. under your skin. Okay, great. I'm gonna keep mm-hmm. doing that. You know, I feel like Memphis has some of that too. The way yeah. Memphis plays, they're kind of out to we don't care about anybody else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and hopefully that's a good sign because they're a young team. Maybe the next generation will be more of that. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Zach Randolph uh, effect, yeah. you know. It's yeah. just like we're, we're, let's not be friends. I hate yeah. you, kind of Dude, mentality. He, he's got he's got one of the greatest clips. I don't have you ever heard what he says to Demarcus Cousins on the free throw line when they're talking trash? No, you haven't heard that. Oh, it's so good. I have to send it to you. He, and Drew, maybe you can super cut this into the pod, or maybe that's too much work. I shouldn't have said that. Um, he goes, uh, where I'm from, bullies get bullied. And he's talking to DeMarcus, he, he's talking to DeMarcus Cousins, basically saying, I know you're a bully, but listen, where I'm yeah. from, we bully bullies. So, yeah. so quit talking to me. You know, it's, yeah. it's such an DeMarcus, awesome moment. DeMarcus Cousins wouldn't last. Two minutes in Marion, Indiana. I can tell you that yeah, much. Yeah, probably not. Well, at least yeah, not not. This, this is a hundred percent projection on my part. But when he does say that in the clip, it looks like which Cousins is bigger than Zach Randolph, but it looks like yeah. Cousins shrinks. He's like yeah. he kind of <laughs> he goes in his shell. It looks like a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I loved I love that because Demarcus Cousins was a like huge bully <laughs> when he mm-hmm. first came in the league. He's had mm-hmm. to kind of eat humble pie now ever since his injuries. He hasn't really bounced back, but yeah. Anyways, well, what what else you got, Matt? What are your big picture like? Kind of what have you liked this year? Teams you've enjoyed watching versus teams that you, you or things that you haven't really enjoyed this year in the NBA. Um, I mean, I. One thing I didn't like was the dunk contest. I think we can all agree. Oh, yeah. What a what a letdown yeah. that was. I canceled a date for that. <laughs> <laughs> and that was <laughs> oh, that was such a letdown. So that was lesson thing learned. I, yeah, yeah. It wasn't meant to be, I guess, for the girl <laughs> or the dunk contest. But um, but no, I've I've enjoyed watching the Warriors. I mean you know, they're, they've become like the Lakers or the Dallas Cowboys where they every game is national television. So yeah. I actually don't have the NBA league pass. So um, I still get to watch them because they're on national yeah. TV, you yeah. know, three days a week, but I enjoy watching, watching the Warriors and I'm still waiting on Wiseman to come back. seems like he's been injured forever Yeah, for the Warriors. Yeah. I think he would be a big addition to what they're trying to do. And uh, and then obviously locally with the Pacers, they're of no interest because they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. But I did see that their player is like the the second um, second or third leading three point shooter. The guy they traded for Halliburton. Yeah, Halliburton. Yeah, dude, Halliburton's a good pickup. That was is I he? think that was a good move. Yeah, Halliburton's a really talented. Now I don't think he's like the guy. That's part of the problem. Because I, I just – I don't see him being the, you know, like what we wanted Paul George to be or, you know, what Reggie Miller was. But I think he's a solid potential number two, you know, for the team. Yeah, he, he would be around. like your your Clay Thompson, don't you think? That's kind of yeah, what you except, see him as. Yeah, except he's a playmaker. He, he's, he's a good shooter, but his, 
his greatest skill is he's just a really good playmaker. Um, Matt, were you pumped to see Lance will make him dance come back to the Pacers this year? I, I was. I love him. And I think he brings an energy that even if he's on the bench, he makes the team better. So I, he just he just can't seem to last more than about 10 days um, on a team. But I but do he, like Lance Stevenson. He has the best celebration in the NBA, I think. <laughs> the, the everyone guitar. else, yeah, everyone else has <laughs> yeah. the generic three ball yeah. or what. Or Carmelo like gives himself a that. headache. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I what, not a what's fan, the, but what's the origin of that? What's the Carmelo like? What does that mean? I don't know. I, he I'm just sure. he does it three times because he hits a three pointer, but. I don't know. Lance will make them dance has the best celebration in the NBA for making a shot. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. It's- okay, real quick, real quick, Matt. Um, unless you have other you have other big picture thoughts. Not really. No, what were you gonna ask? Okay, a couple rapid fire questions. Who do you think is coming out of the East and the West if you had to choose today? I think Memphis is poised. Cause I think Memphis, I mean, I just, I don't see anybody that can beat them in a series, especially if they, I mean, their confidence seems super high. So I would say Memphis out of the West and then out of the East, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Milwaukee again. Okay. Yeah. I think those are both great picks. We actually talked last week on the pod about the path for Memphis to come out. I think there, there is a definitely a, a path there. So that's good. I just think they're mentally tougher than Golden State. Um, yeah. You know, Chris Paul has a hand injury every other game, so who knows if he'll play. But um, I, I'm not worried about Utah or Dallas. So yeah. I don't know. I I think Memphis coming out of the West this year if they keep rolling like they have been. Yeah, that'd be pretty impressive. Okay, so uh, other. Other kind of random question. Now, people don't know this because they can't see you, but you you have always been kind of a fashion icon, I would say. Yeah, you know, I agree. Very, very fashionable guy, you know, a lot of <laughs> swag about you. Mm-hmm. Um, even from the early days when I met you, you know, you just you always you always had an eye for what was fashionable. Mm-hmm. So give us your best and worst NBA jerseys. <laughs> NBA is always switching it up. They always got kind mm-hmm. of their new looks and that sort of thing. If you mm-hmm. had to be on an NBA team, what jerseys are you rocking versus what jerseys are you like, please don't make me put that on. Yeah. So I was actually looking at, you know, the city edition are kind of the alternate jerseys for each team. Yeah. And, um, and, and I, I tend to like those more just because they're, they're a little, they just look more new school, I guess, yeah. um, than a lot of the classic uniforms, but this with the city edition, uh, I really like the Phoenix suns Jersey. It, it, to explain it for the listeners who can't see it, uh, obviously they could look it up, but it's got kind of the sunset on yeah. it and it's kind of blocky looking almost like eight bit Nintendo kind of and i i think those are really cool i i just like the sunset and kind of the i like their their court um matches when they wear those jerseys so i like the phoenix suns 
uh, city edition jerseys. And I actually like the Pacers city edition jerseys last year. I don't like them this year, but last year they had the blue pinstripe jerseys. And I looked everywhere for those shorts and they were sold out for just as long as I had been looking for them. So I never was able to get a pair, but what about you guys? Drew, what, did you, what, what do you got? Do, does, do the Pacers not rock the hickory one anymore? I really liked that one. Not they anymore. They got rid of that don't. one? Oh, yeah. I liked that one just because it was completely different. Um, I, I was actually saying they should bring that back now because the dudes are wearing such short shorts. They should actually make it like the original jersey with the super short shorts. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Yeah. Would that would they still wear the tights then? Because the, most of the guys wear the tights. Would that yeah, what would that would, look like? They would still wear them. I yeah. mean, or jock strap. <laughs> I think my you know my dad used to wear the jock strap when he coached yeah. football. No, you know, I'm talking about. A... You're talking about I'm like talking the, about leg, the pants. Yeah, they the wear leg, the like like yeah, yeah they the go leg. all the way down. Yeah, yeah. with the short shorts. Oh, uh, that's a good look. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, can you can look. make that work. In fact, I honestly I think the white dudes it should just be mandatory that you wear the tights because <laughs> their their legs just do not look that good. Even the skin tone. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. when you're watching on TV, it's like oh gosh, put the put those things away. Yeah, you know who wears those? Uh, Alex Caruso wears those. Yeah, yeah. He wears those long tights. He got yeah. injured from Grayson Allen. But yeah. um, oh, Gra- oh, we forgot. Wait, is Grayson Allen the best Duke player? <laughs> no. Dang. How no. did how did we, we forget that? Oh. Dude, Grayson Allen may have a ring after this year, based on your prediction. He's gonna <laughs> wait. He's gonna injure Ja Morant on a dunk in the first game, and the Bucks go on to win the title, and he becomes the greatest Duke player of all time. It's Simple. a path. Simple. It, it is a path. It's possible. <laughs> It's possible. Oh, you know yeah. what jerseys I don't like right now are the magic. They mm. they change their colors for some reason and they're like orange and black now. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah they're trying to be too cute. Yeah, they are trying to be too cute. I, I feel like, like you could do so much too with like the whole Disney vibe. You could do some really cool things with that. Like not too mm-hmm. not too kiddish dis- Disney, but like you could do kind of some whimsical fantasy type stuff but yeah they they haven't really figured that out i don't think although the magic jerseys in the 90s with Shaq and mm-hmm. penny those were money yeah they were awesome that's why oh. they're missing the boat they should all yeah. just go retro all of them yeah because yeah. the retro denver nuggets jerseys are really oh, cool. i love those i love those. they're really you're cool. talking the about the rainbow, rainbow. Kind of, yeah yep. yep i love those yeah yeah and um what do you think of going back to the grizzlies what do you think of their retro jersey they like that turquoise with like the brown bear it's like their old logo yeah i don't know if i've seen those oh you gotta look that up it's it's what they wore when they first came out as an expansion team like maybe oh, in the like, like when they were in vancouver oh yeah, i got you there in vancouver you. yeah yeah okay yeah i have seen i've seen those not this year they've worn those this year i don't know maybe they didn't maybe those were from last year i don't know if they've worn them this year or not Okay. But those are awesome. I, th- I think they have, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the fan. one I'm waiting for is next year Detroit is bringing back that Grant Hill jersey with its the horse on it with oh, the really? turquoise. 
Yeah, they're bringing uh, that back next year. That's hilarious. Interested if, to if, see what that'll look like. <clears throat> if there was one retro jersey that they would bring back, what what would you guys pick? Oh man. I mean, I being a Bulls fan, I loved those black Bulls pinstripe jerseys. Yeah. You know, I thought those were so cool back in the mm-hmm. day. That would be probably one of my top picks. Okay. I, I think I like the sh- go ahead, Drew. Oh, I was gonna say I think OKC should do a uh supersonics colored jersey. Ooh, kind of the way that like the, you know how the Bulls did a um they did St. Patty's Day jerseys where they randomly wore green. Why okay. did, OKC should do that with the Supersonics to just have one jersey? Maybe it doesn't. It still says Thunder on it. I don't know if there's like a copyright on that, but at least everyone knows what it's a callback to the team you guys used mm-hmm. to be. I mm-hmm. think that would be cool. My favorite were always the old um, Utah Jazz jerseys, oh, where yeah. like it has the basketball is the J. You know, yeah. kind of the pistol, the pistol Pete. I mean, it obviously came from New Orleans, but I like I like those retro jazz jerseys because my favorite player growing up was always John Stockton. So he wore the short shorts. Oh, he my did. gosh. Yes. He, is, he and Rodman, <laughs> they like never left the 80s. <laughs> uh, yeah. he, interesting yeah. story on Stockton. He recently got his season tickets to Gonzaga revoked because he wouldn't wear his mask in the crowd. Are you during serious? The game. Yeah. Oh my true gosh. story. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. he said and what'll be hilarious is next year they won't require masks. Yeah. Look silly. Yeah. 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 Uh John Stockton was my mom's favorite player growing up. Fun okay. Fact. Yeah. Not right. I know. I still remember watching those Bulls games and that, she's just like, that John Stockton is so handsome. Yeah. It's, it had 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 nothing to do with the game. Had everything to do with uh a little eye candy. Yeah, John Stockton was your mom's Fabio. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. when you're not into the sport, you got to find something to yeah. keep you interested because well, it's well, going to be on regardless. Well, I think we found out why he kept the short shorts. He had a, he had a whole legion of fans who, who didn't want him to cover those legs up. <laughs> exactly. He's probably getting fan mail from your mom. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's amazing. Oh man. Well, Matt, do you have anything else you want to cover on the NBA? Not, not off the top. No. Drew. I'm I'm excited for the playoffs. Oh yeah. I know. It's going to be great. Drew coming back. Yeah. Yep. He is coming. He is supposed to come back. That's why I was like, I don't know if he's going to be back for the playoffs. Yeah. He's supposed to be back. He had a hand injury, but, um, they, they're saying he'll be back for the playoffs. So wh- how far away are we from the playoffs to the recording of this? Yeah, it's mid-April. Okay. Um, let me so see. probably three oh, weeks, up. four weeks. Four weeks, About a month, I think. month yeah. from now. Yeah, April yeah. 16th is when it starts. So, okay. yeah, from as far as weeks, it would be, let's see, one, two, three, four, five weeks from this Saturday. Okay. So, you guys yeah. have any sleepers, like teams that just nobody's going to see coming? I will – well, I like your Memphis pick. I will say this is the first season I remember in a long time where it doesn't seem like 
oh, it's Cavs Warriors. You know what I mean? Where where it's mm-hmm. pretty predictable who's going to be in the finals. It seems very wide open. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Memphis would be a sleeper for sure. They seem like everything's mm-hmm. sort of aligning for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Brooklyn could be a sleeper. Yeah, yeah, that would they, be interesting, especially if Kyrie by that time can play all games, right? He, and and KD gets in the rhythm. Yeah, and I mean and that, yeah. and then we don't even know what you know them adding Ben Simmons might look like. That could that could right. be interesting. And then I, I also think, like you you mentioned earlier, if Draymond comes back and is stays healthy the whole playoffs, and Wiseman gives them something. Mm-hmm. I think the Warriors could go from this, you know, they're sort of dwindling team to, oh, I we forgot about the Warriors all of a sudden, and they're just Wait, wiping it, was that teams a, off the court. Was was that a y'all forgot about Dre reference? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Draymond. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and there's even some teams right now that are just out of the playoffs that may make the play-in game, you know, like Charlotte. They're, 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 I mean, I don't know how dangerous of a team they are because they don't play much defense, but. Is Hayward supposed to be back for the playoffs if they get in? I don't he, know. Yeah. Is, is Hayward, is Hayward going to sign another four or five year deal for a hundred plus million and then kind of play? <laughs> that, that dude is fleecing teams and I'm yeah. a Hayward fan, but yeah. bro does not play that much since Utah. Mm-mm. And I think he's made one all-star team, but he's signed some monster contracts. New John Wall? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I actually think there's – it seems super wide open this year. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of sleeper teams. I mean, even we're kind of clowning the Lakers, but if AD came back <laughs> and they could – and Russ yeah. could figure something out, like if they could just figure out how to use him, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even just LeBron and AD. I wouldn't put it past them. If Jamal if, Murray and and Michael Porter Jr. come back and they can play, I mean, Jokic is he? Yeah, I I would say if I'm Frank Vogel, <coughs> I I'm probably going to get fired anyways. So I'm bringing Russ off the bench with the second unit. Yeah, yeah. I don't care how mad Russ gets about it. Um, his ego can can go by the wayside. But because I think they would be a better team with him on the second unit. Would you would you have to, if you're Frank Vogel, have to make the move to just calling him Mr. Westbrook as a show of honor <laughs> yeah. to to yeah. you know make it more palatable for him to come off the bench? Yeah, you gotta stroke his ego a little bit, you yeah. know. So I would call him whatever he wants me to call him, but I'm still bringing him off the bench in the second unit. Yeah, yeah. Well, and in the East, I mean, the Celtics look pretty unstoppable right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you know that 538 has them with the highest projection to make the finals in the East? Hmm. Isn't that strange? Yeah, that I mean, is I know, weird. I know right now they're going through a hot streak, but it's it just seems like that's not the team if, of all the East teams. I wouldn't put them as the most likely to make the finals out of the East. Yeah. It's, it's weird how it's broken up, like with the East and West, how different the teams are, you know, like when you look at the East, 
and, and just how those teams play versus how the teams in the West play, it seems like it's two different brands of basketball almost. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but. Yeah, it definitely seems different for sure. What are your thoughts yeah. on the Sixers? I mean, the, everyone's kind of like, oh, the Sixers are this powerhouse with Embiid and Harden. I was surprised that um, that Harden was able – I mean, he's looked good so far, I think, for the yeah. Sixers. And I was kind of surprised that him and Joel, with their personalities, that they would mesh. But I think Harden has kind of realized that maybe it, it's not – everybody else that's the problem it's me that's the problem so i i just think that he's kind of fallen in line with what the team needs most and it's not him to just dribble for 23 seconds and then shoot yeah i think the most legendary sixers you know playoff outcome is doc rivers somehow blowing another 3-1 lead <laughs> And you like to see people fail, don't you? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just uh... I'm just here for the memes and the jokes on Twitter. That's really all, that's really as a casual fan. I mean, I don't even watch the games. I just follow it on Twitter and comment. Yeah, yeah. You have uh, 18, 18 handles on Twitter that you just <laughs> cycle you, through. Just trolling people. <laughs> you want to disclose any of those right now, Ian? Or uh, can't, can't <laughs> uh, we we haven't mentioned that Kawhi has been out on the court. So if all of a sudden the cl the Clippers get PG and Kawhi back, that would be uh, mm -hmm. sort of a game changer for them as well. Yeah, yeah, I like Reggie Jackson. I like his game a lot. Mine. And I like his his glasses. Yeah, <laughs> goggles. <laughs> goggles bro, yeah. Like he comes out and you're like, bro, are you are you going to racquetball or what? what are, you doing? are those prescription? <laughs> Wait, think of think of me rock the short shorts with those goggles. How you're sick like, that well, would be. Well, and he always wears the uh, two different colored shoes too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like a Gen Z or thing, you know. Yeah. They got like uh, Lamelo Ball does that. All the kids are doing it. It's the cool. I heard. I heard those those things are transitions too. That's pretty dope. Oh. <laughs> hey, based on based on how hot they get, they change the color. Yeah. That'd be sick. In all seriousness, though, the Clippers. I'll see if I can find it. I'll send it to you guys. And for those listening, you could probably Google it. But the Clippers did this um, photo that I think it was like a billboard advertisement or something. It's a black and white close up to reggie jackson and in his glasses is like a skyline in la it looks Dang. really cool it's like the reflection cool. of his glasses yeah um but yeah. honest it's the coolest that his glasses have ever looked they actually don't look yeah. that cool in real life yeah <laughs> yeah well the next time you're playing pickup ball at eagle church or traders point and you get poked in the eye you'll wish you had been wearing those, exactly. those goggles well i may need them i may need them because i just can't see anymore <laughs> Oh. Spoken like a true veteran. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> by the way, Reggie Jackson could be—you know—he could—he could be in the conversation for MVP, in my opinion. The way he's carried that Clippers team. Yeah, he. Really I mean, has. I don't know where they're. Let me see where they're at in the standings. Like, it's kind of bunched up in the West. I feel like a lot could happen between now and the Clippers the have the eight seed right now. 
Okay, yeah, they're they're a little far back. I was thinking it was the Timberwolves who I, I was thinking of because the Jazz, you know, who are fourth all the way to the Timberwolves, it's really only four games difference between that four and seven mm-hmm. spot. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the Clippers were right there too, but I guess they're not, so he, he's not going to get it. I know that. there was some talks, some trade talks with Donovan Mitchell. Did you hear those? <clears throat> uh-uh. Is that yeah. new? No, it was right before the All-Star break. There was some talks that the Jazz were trying to move him. Really? Which was su- surprised me, yeah. Yeah. To where? Who Was there any, like, potential <sighs> trades? Yeah, it was – I can't remember which team it was. It was two. Um, it would take me too long to look it up. But I know that the Jazz were, were talking about maybe moving him. I wonder if they just feel stagnant with the players yeah. that they have. Well, I mean – He's very ball dominant. He takes a ton of shots. Yeah. But if you're, I mean, if you're asking my opinion, the issue in my perspective when it comes to the playoffs is go bear, but Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. because when you face, I mean, if you face the warriors, if you face the Suns, I feel like they can just run, go bear off the floor. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the, the Matt or uh, Grizzlies now the same way, like, those dudes are all just get him out top and they're going by him and dunking on him. I just, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Utah is funny because they, they're so good in the regular season, but I feel like nobody fears them at all in the playoffs. Mm -mm. Yeah. I mean, Mitchell's going to get 45 points and then they're going to lose by 15. Yeah. Yeah. But do you think Mitchell is the issue? Like if you were them, would you say, yeah, we need to get Mitchell out of here, or is it? Yeah, I, and I maybe it's—is it like their style of play, or the people around Mitchell, or? I don't know. Um, he's averaging twenty-five a game, four rebounds, five assists. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't move him because you're not going to get somebody better than him. I wouldn't think Yeah, maybe they just want more support, Yeah, you know, than just one really good player. But I know his name was mentioned multiple times in trade talks. Yeah. But yeah. Oh man. Well, any other, that's all I got. That's all you got. Drew, you have anything else you want to touch on? No, sir. Matt, it was awesome getting your casual fan perspective. Thanks so much for lowering the rim. Hey, you, yeah, you, I appreciate I appreciate it. Do you have anything you want to plug? Like, you have any 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 of your? I mean, we have. I think. What are we up to now, Drew? Two listeners. Uh, Try I two, think two thousand <laughs> after today's pod. Yeah, chill, Ian. We got Maddie Ice on the pod. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, so yeah. now the only thing I would plug is that that book, Blood in the Garden, with Jeff Van Gundy. I've okay, I've heard it's a really interesting book. Um, I would check it out. It's it's nineteen dollars on Amazon. So if okay. you want a good read and you're a fan of the NBA, Blood in the Garden: The Flagrant History of the 1990s New York Knicks. Now I hope they only talk highly of Reggie Miller in that. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard it's really interesting. So I'm going to, I'm going to watch it and I'll report back. Okay. (laughs) Actually listen to it and report back. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, man, for joining us. It was great. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me on. Let's do it again 
after we uh, figure out who's all in the playoffs and yeah, and maybe after who wins it or whenever. I'm always I'm always up to talk NBA. Thank you, Matt. We will have you back. And thank you guys for listening to another episode of Lowering the Rim. If you have any questions or comments, you can find us on Instagram at Lowering the Rim. Until next time. Ha, 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 